welcome home. This is Audio EXP for the 18th of April 2020, and the title of this episode is New RPGs and Random Dungeons. In this episode, we have news about free RPGs, and we're going to highlight some of the week's many new releases. Let's start by talking about Fist, Freelance Infantry Strike Team. This silver bestseller on DriveThruRPG is an indie game from B. Everett Dutton, and in it you play an outcast, a misfit who's fallen to the bottom of society and out the other side. You're back in action now, though, but as a kick-ass mercenary with special powers. You might be hired to stop the enemy's superpower, launching an ether bomb that will blow a hole in reality. You might be hired to neutralise the unholy item that will soon raise every fresh corpse as a flesh-hungry vampire ghoul. Or maybe you'll just have to investigate rumours that the Prime Minister is a lizard man in disguise. Fist is usually five bucks, but if you're a Geek Native patron, or you become one before the 25th, then you'll get a copy for free. I've very kindly been given some codes to give away to site supporters. Currently, the May RPG Spotlight vote is tied, and so if you do back the site via Patreon, then you can help out by casting that decisive vote as well. This morning, Irregular Reconnaissance Anime 62 was posted to the blog. That's a roundup of anime mini-reviews, or a topic that's probably due a podcast episode to itself, but for now, I wanted to highlight that Crunchyroll's Tower of God looks promising after the first three episodes. Tower of God is perhaps the most important new anime in Crunchyroll's lineup for 2020. And it's a bit of a gamble. It's based on a Korean webtoon. That was in my mind again this week on the news that Netflix has commissioned its own Korean webtoon conversion. The webtoon is called Now at Our School and it follows a group of friends stuck in their school buildings as a zombie virus sweeps through the world. Are we ready for virus stories? Netflix thinks we are, although it's dropped the word school from the show's title. The anime they've commissioned will be called All of Us Are Dead. There. Isn't that a much more friendly title? That's not the only bit of Netflix news I wanted to squeeze into this podcast. I've also noticed they've signed a deal with Boom Studios. Boom is an American company that does comic books. They've actually worked with Netflix before on The Dark Crystal. Boom even has an American film company with a stake in them due to the forthcoming The Empty Man movie that's based on one of their comic book titles. Now, thanks to the deal, Netflix will get a first look at any more of the Boom properties. That doesn't mean companies like 20th Century Fox can't make movies or TV shows out of Boom comics, only that Netflix gets the first pick of the pie. I suppose it's all about the money. Netflix won't get caught up in any messy bidding wars. They've paid the money up front to avoid all that. Speaking about money, and edging back towards the tabletop, I wanted to talk about Simon. In the last week's episode, I revealed how the company had had its trading suspended. You cannot buy shares in Simon anymore. And this was a result of them failing entirely to reassure auditors that their finances were in good order. Two things have happened since then. Firstly, Simon issued a statement which basically said, Chill, it's cool. We're okay and we'll continue to trade. It suggests that the auditors didn't really like and perhaps don't really get the Kickstarter model, in which pledges are both money the company has 
and money the company does not have. The second thing is that they've launched a new Kickstarter. The game is called Ankh, Gods of Egypt. It's a board game with camels and creatures. The battle is determined which of the players will become the one true god. At the time of recording, Ankh has raised more than 1.2 million American dollars. Hopefully Simon has got their math right, will make a profit, and a smooth and painless Kickstarter will get people the game they want and some more cash into the company. Another company that's been busy is Cubicle 7. This week, they've released their updated Wrath and Glory RPG. Wrath and Glory is a Warhammer 40k RPG, which hadn't been out for very long before Games Workshop dropped their initial RPG publisher and moved the game to Cubicle 7. I imagine that created a dilemma for Cubicle 7. If they changed too much and messed around with the brand new RPG that only recently published supplements, then they would annoy the game's early supporters. However, if they didn't change enough, then what value were they adding? 11 months later, and the digital version of the revised edition is out. If you previously bought a PDF copy on DriveThruRPG, then check your library. You will automatically have been given the new version. If, like me, you have a hardback of the original, then we'll have to wait a bit longer. Most likely, for us, is a free PDF that points out the changes between the books. Early reviews seem reasonably positive. It looks like typos might be a bit too prominent for Cubicle 7's Q&A team to be entirely happy, and I think we have cut down on vehicles, but the mood seems pretty positive. I suggest one of the reasons Cubicle 7 was given Wrath and Glory to manage was that they are doing all the other Warhammer RPGs, one of which is the still-to-be-released Age of Sigmar RPG called Soulbound. Well... We must be getting much closer to a release now, as Cubicle 7 has released a look at the layout, and which appears to be a nearly finished book, and it looks really good. Uh, they might be aiming for a UK Gaming Expo announcement, that's now in August, providing the convention isn't cancelled again. Despite really getting into the old Warhammer world as a kid, I've not really kept up, and I barely know Age of Sigmar at all. I, in fact, I think I know the Forgotten Realms better, and that's a statement that I think teenage me would be surprised I would be making. The Forgotten Realms got a new book this week too. It's called The Border Kingdoms. It's not published by Wizards of the Coast, and yet it's an official book. And the new rules in it are eventually league legal. How come? Well, it's written by Ed Greenwood, and he created The Forgotten Realms. You can buy The Border Kingdoms from the DMs Guild today. Also from D&D this week is a rethink on psionics. Wizards of the Coast point out that psionics using creatures have been part of D&D 5e since publication, and perhaps one of the reasons they said that is in response to people who say D&D doesn't need psionics. After all, what's the difference between psionics and magic? You're using supernatural powers in both. Well, I guess it comes down to theme and style. Psionics feel a bit more sci-fi. And with the new playtest rules from Unearth and Canner, the Psyonites are warriors that use four shields and telekinetic powers in combat. Want to play a Jedi in D&D? I imagine you'll be looking at this fighter subclass. The speculation that a D&D's next big book will be something like Spelljammer, a mixture of magic and sci-fi, is getting louder. In the meantime, there's plenty of new RPGs to look at that came out this week. First up on my list is Pelgrim Press's The Yellow King. This is a troubled Kickstarter project, that's about two years late. 
I wasn't a backer, but just by keeping my eye on Pelgrim Press's website for news reasons, I can see that they were pretty good at keeping people in the loop, providing freebies, and they struggled through to push the project out. It's actually four books, and is a game inspired by Robert W. Chambers short stories. Book one is set in Paris during the Belle Epoch, book two is the European Wars, and book three the Aftermath. That leaves book four, set in the modern era. It's like us, except the unnatural is natural, so there might be a ghoul living next door. The Yellow King uses Robin Delos' gumshoe system. It's a game about mystery and investigation. Strangewood Studios, a small studio in Sweden, published Agents of Concordia this week too. It's a multiverse game that mixes technology and mysticism in ways unusual to RPG settings. Characters are agents of a special task force assigned to protecting all the different dimensions in the Concordia. You can play as, for example, you are a nine-foot ogre investigator, or maybe a three-foot rodent locksmith with a rocket car. Strangewood used Modifius to bring the game to market, but it's not a 2D20 RPG. Another interesting collaboration was between Onyx Path and Echaton Media, I think that's how you pronounce it, the game is Dystopia Rising Evolution. The Chaton Media has a live action series in which characters are strains of humanity that evolved to survive through the zombie apocalypse. The baddies are raiders and of course legions of zombies. Dystopia Rising Evolution uses the story path system and Onyx Path are including it in their story path nexus. This means that if you follow the rules you can publish and sell your own Dystopia Rising content. Look. I've got lots of Chrome tabs open with other new games still to write up, but for this week's highlight show, I want to squeeze just one more mention in, and that's for Time Traveler's Codex for Mutants and Masterminds. Green Ronin's superhero game is really good, but time travelling is one of those things that can easily go wrong and mess up an otherwise solid campaign. There's new splat in the Time Traveler's Codex, but I'm sure Green Ronin's advice on how to handle time travelling in the supplement will be equally as interesting to GMs. Okay, since we're still in lockdown, there's some freebies to highlight too. The first might not be lockdown related, but I only noticed it because I was looking, and that's for Ars Magica. If you're willing to sign up to Atlas's Games mailing list, then there's a free copy of Ars Magica 4th edition for you. The current edition is 5, but I think 4th edition is well worth having especially if you've not tried or even read up on troop-style play. In Ars Magica, you have more than one character, and they're used at different times. Your mage will often be busy locked away in their tower researching some great magic, so you might play your companion more often, or perhaps even the grog servant. The Sunless Citadel is free via Fantasy Grounds, Roll20, and D&D Beyond. If the name is familiar, it's because that's the introductory adventure from D&D 3 and was then later packaged up in the Tales from the Yawning Portal book for D&D 5e. Wizards are making it free for virtual tabletops as part of their effort to make the lockdown more manageable for people. Virtual tabletops enable remote RPG and have come into their own for many people in the last few weeks. It's no surprise to see that Pinnacle Entertainment Group, that's the company who published the Savage World rules, have appointed a virtual tabletop manager and signed deals with Astral Tabletop and Roll20. Previously, they had been exclusive to Fantasy Grounds. So you can still use your Fantasy Grounds account to play your Savage Worlds campaign, that's not going away, but PEG are simply expanding. 
Astral, I hope, will be pleased to be included in that lineup. There are other virtual tabletops, like Telespire, which looks impressive in beta, but the big two of Fantasy Grounds and Roll20 might become the big three, with the one bookshelf-backed Astral as option number three. Want to download something very different? The post-apocalyptic RPG Degenesis is now free to download. That's the core rules and the very many supplements. This RPG is a labour of love from a German design studio that makes movies look fantastic. I mean, big Hollywood movies as their day job. There's even a bunch of short movies or trailers for this RPG. The game has been hard to get hold of previously and it wasn't cheap because of all that incredible art. But now, in digital, it's free. It's not an easy game, but it's well worth a look. I also want to highlight that Mantic Games Kings of War is available for download. Now that's a war game rather than RPG, but I think it's one which Paper Minis will be an adequate solution if you want to test the game before committing. Kings of War doesn't bother removing individual models from units as it's too fiddly. Instead, you keep your units together and track their collective health. Sticking with clever uses for paper, I want to call out Crooked Staff Terrain as doing a good job. Kristen Richards, who runs Crooked Staff, has put together a random dungeon generator and supplied all the virtual tabletop files to recreate those, de those designs. In other words, it's a random dungeon that you can actually import into Roll20, Fantasy Grounds or Astral. Crooked Staff also sell, at low prices, dungeon designs that you can download, print out and paste onto cardboard to build physical tabletop models. And they provide a series of YouTube instruction videos that show how. Lastly, I wanted to highlight an impressive piece of data visualization from Stan Johnson. This critical role fan used every single D20 role by Vox Machina to build an animated histogram. In other words, it's effortless to see how many dice rolled what on a D20. And I think the results look odd. It's not a smooth distribution from 1 to 20 at all. Well, that's a wrap. Please keep well and tune in next week.